All right, today on the show, we talk about the Deshaun Watson suspension and zoonotic diseases before we bring in our guest, a longtime friend of mine and the host of the wildly popular and entertaining podcast Inside Wisconsin, Trevor Thomas joins us. And then finally, Sarah's News has us making a run for the border and for the potty. But first, let me tell you about Next Wave. Yeah, Next Wave Services is a website design company that provides high quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. Next Wave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. Next Wave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first class service all the time. Get a free website consultation when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com. Founded way back in 1998, one of the years that the San Francisco 49ers beat the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a long time ago. It is Next Wave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily deep dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food. All with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and the rest, here's a man who always has a plant-based plan before leaving the house, Rich Reynolds. All right, well, hello, hello, and welcome in to this adventure that we call the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. My name is Rich Reynolds, happy to be along with you, along with the always fun and entertaining and lovely Sarah Carlson and the always, I mean, just appointed to a T, Eric Rogers, who is, is that dying. Good or bad? That's that that's a great <laughs> thing, man. Look All at right. you. You are so I put together. I, I'm I thought you were so trying jealous. to say I showed up on time for the appointment. Like we we were recording at a certain time, I show up on that time. No, I think that's the right way to say, like, somebody who's, like, a snazzy dresser and, like, can Mm. actually, like, groom their beard. Like, your beard is on point. Like, there's not a lot of, like, stray hairs and gruffiness going on. We've already talked about the $60 haircut. You're just, uh, you're looking good, man. You're always styling. I love it. All right, easy, Rich. I'm I'm jealous too. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, maybe I got a little bit of a man crush there going uh, as well on Eric okay, Rogers. You can find him. On. Yeah, <laughs> at Eric Rogers Brand, and then you can find Sarah at New Sarah. You can find me at R M E P Rich. As Sarah almost fell out of her chair there. Oh, Welcome my back, Sarah. Almost fell out of its spot. Beautiful. Okay, there we go. We got Sarah back, and uh, remember to please uh, visit us at realmeneplants.com and uh, click on that support button so you can support the show and Paul's party as well with Paul Palooza coming up at the end of the month. And so lots of things going on, including yesterday, a big fat news release uh, that was put out, a press release about our show, and I'm sure that you can find that just about anywhere. It ended up on a site called Benzinga or something like that. Are you guys aware of what that site is? Benzinga is the name of it. I guess it's like a business site and it's a site that gets like 4 million viewers per month and I've never heard of this new site. And so I was kind of enthralled and kind of looking through all the sites that we ended up on and where the the news got out. But it's really interesting uh, and the fact that our 
our show and what we're doing has now reached millions of people that they could actually see it. And hopefully everyone's going to listen and hit that subscribe button and uh, we'll keep this going for a very, very long time. So speaking of a very, very long time, Deshaun Watson, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. His suspension almost doubled. So it went from six games to 11 games. It is now official. The NFLPA and Deshaun Watson are all good with it, it seems like. It is 11 games without pay, plus a $5 million fine that has to go to charity. And as I look at it, I'm still thinking Deshaun Watson got off easy. Oh, Uh, yeah. Right? The NFL did too. Yeah, I, I think he got off very easy. He's going to play football later this year. It'll be the first time that he's actually playing real meaningful football in about two years. But I think he got off super easy for all of the stuff that he was accused of doing. Deshaun Watson is skating by pretty easy. And the only problem that I have with it is if you are a woman and you are a fan of the National Football League, I think you should be pretty pissed about the whole thing because I just don't think the NFL ever goes far enough to actually protect women. Now, obviously, there's a lot of guys in the NFL that got brain damage and they get beat up and it causes aggression. It all causes all kinds of things. But we've seen the Ray Rice videos. We know about the Adrian Peterson story. We know about a lot of these guys that have beaten women and all of this and, uh, you know, Dealt with guns and all. I mean, I mean, all kinds of crap. Someone just did that recently. I think Frank Gore like dragged someone <sighs> somewhere too. Like, I mean, look, they're, they're I awful you, tales. It's true. As a woman who does watch the NFL, and I, I have to call myself a fan because I am. And there are guys who play who aren't criminals, but somehow the NFL ends up with those headlines. And today's headline, uh, you know, okay, so they increase it to eleven. It's insulting and demeaning, and I said I think those were the words I used the first time. But I I have to make that choice. Am I going to then write off the NFL? Oh, that would be like giving up on a lot of other things. You know, yeah, the government I, I mean, also the government also pisses me off, but I I can't give up. You know, I, a lot of people say, oh, this this or that is so horrible. I'm just not going to vote, or I'm I'm not going to do anything. I have to decide to say I'm going to watch or I'm not. That's kind I of actually, yeah, I kind of look at it this way. Back in the day, I was a big fan of Rocky Rococo pizza. So if you live in Wisconsin, you probably had Rockies at some point in time. There was a point, though, after a radio show that I did, me and my, my then radio partner, we went out and I was buying, man, because we had a great show. I'm buying Rocky Rococo pizza. We're celebrating afterwards. Both of us, because he was also my roommate at the time, both of us at about the same time at about 2 in the morning were violently ill, and it was coming out both ends, and it was pretty bad. It was a nasty scene, okay, and I felt awful for a couple of days. We both knew it was the Rocky Rococo because that's the one thing that we both ate that day that was exactly the same, exact same symptoms, all of this going down. But even though Rockies did me wrong that day, I did eventually return to Rockies, and I kind of feel it's like that way with the National Football League as well. Plus, for some reason, I just don't want to miss what's going on. But here's what I can't get. Why can't the NFL go on and exist without guys like this? So you're telling me if Deshaun Watson 
never played again in the National Football League that the NFL would cease to exist? I, I don't think the popularity would be hurt Hell one no. way or the other, right? No. I mean, That's everything would point. be fine. That's actually a really good point. There are too many remarkable <clears throat> players. Get rid of the right. ones that do it. Make a Why point. They should you know, make what's, a point. What, what's interesting is we start at these younger levels and we teach these these kids – you know, we hold you to a higher standard. You know, you are supposed to be a model citizen and like, you know, all the zero tolerance rules that schools have. And then, you know, they get to college, it loosens up a bit. And then they get to the NFL and it's, hey, go like beat someone or assault someone. And it's it's fine. Just won't and it's fine. You're going to sit out for six games, maybe 11, and still make something like dollars. that. You're going to make millions and millions. Deshaun Watson, even if he pays out this $5 million, still has 225 is it, or $325 million guaranteed coming his way that five million dollars isn't going to make a difference one way or the other oh and by the way it's going to a charity and he gets to write it off on his taxes so there's even some benefit to him doing it so yeah i mean i i look at all of that and i say to myself why not just 86 these guys man let them go the league will go on it'll still be just as popular and then we don't have to root for criminals uh for I me either that's that fine. or they need to change some of that, the verbiage there. The $5 million for a charity has to be a charity involved in women's assault. <laughs> Something like that. Is it that. not? I, I would expect that. Yeah, I, I think, I think that it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, yeah. okay. Let's say it is, and all he does is write a check. To me, no, no, no. He becomes like... He That's has to go to a off. meeting. Yeah. He's got to do yes. something where he learns about it. You know, and when you... I think when people get a DUI... They have to go to classes. Well, you get about eight of those before they take your license away in Wisconsin. So, yes, well, right, and, 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 which is ridiculous okay, okay, as well. In general, there's got to be some like I don't know, some lesson here. Even though he's got too much money to know what to do with it, a lesson. You know? Yeah, and he's supposed to, I guess, he's got to go to some classes on it and all of this kind of stuff. Big deal, uh, you know. And I get uh, in this one, will be a bunch of bullshit. Right, Sorry. exactly. And I get in this one specific instance, okay, he doesn't have criminal charges, there's civil charges and all of this, but he, he ends up just using his money to get himself out of, of jail free. It's like a jail, get out of jail free card. Uh, the more you pay, the more you can get out of it. And that's wonderful for him. And he's gotten to his point in his life where he can do something like that. And, you know, great. But the thing is, is that why then does he get the privilege of playing in the National Football League and showing up on Sundays and having millions of people root for him and all of that? I just think it's kind of disgusting because you start feeling bad as a fan of a team like that you're, where you're, you're kind of making a deal with the devil. Yeah, you want your team to win and you're rooting for the jersey, but you know deep down this is a bad dude. This is not a guy that you want to be rooting for, but the NFL just doesn't seem to care. They seem to be bigger than all of it, oblivious to all of it, and the message that it sends. And I absolutely, mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't stand it. I mean, it feels dirty, doesn't it? Am well, we I, I we had one? the same we had the same conversation last time. We we touched on this, and that was the NFL gets to look good because they increased the suspension. Uh, Deshaun Watson still gets to play, and anybody else who has a vested interest can still make money on it or whatever. Um, but you know, I still go back to what I, I think I said this on air last time was that that initial judge who had the six game suspension, that initial ruling, I still think the NFL had that her on their payroll said, all right, t give, give X number of games suspension. And then we will increase it and look good in that, in that instance. Like it's just, hmm. it's a total PR move. Deshaun Watson doesn't learn anything. He goes on and gets to play football. 
Yeah. And the poor and, women who have been in, you know, dealing with it just like still are just left there like, uh, really? Yeah. yeah I think really. it's a, a crappy message. It really is. It's a bad message to send to women, a bad message to send uh, to girls as well. So anyways, uh, that is the, the final thing that's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. All parties have agreed and they are moving on. Hey, this, he can meet me in the parking lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, by the way, I was a little grossed out. I was reading about a new, uh, I guess, polio virus that is out. And I thought that we were done with polio virus. So I was looking around and reading the news this morning. The polio virus has reared its ugly head in New York. And I don't know if you've seen this. So what they do, and they do this right here in Madison, Wisconsin. They do this in every community. They take samples from sewers and these sewer samples they're looking for like things in those sewer samples for diseases that are out there and so they could actually tell when like there's less coronavirus out there or there's more coronavirus out there well one thing that they're detecting now in new york are strains of polio virus that are back and a couple of things like on this one is I guess polio virus, if you don't take the vaccine, and everybody should have a polio vaccine. It's not like this is a newfangled vaccine that hasn't been tested over and over again. The polio vaccine stops you from getting polio and stops you from transmitting polio. Those are two very good things. I and don't so, know, Rich. Doesn't, yeah. sound, doesn't sound legit. <laughs> that was, that was pretty tried and true. I, I know you've got more stats on this, I'm sure, but the first thing I thought of when I heard that was the anti-vaxxing, you know, phase. I don't know whether that's yes. still happening, but there yeah. are parents who won't do it. There are parents that won't do it. And one of the reasons they give is that they believe that vaccines lead to autism, which has never, ever been proven. Um, which is so also very shallow. Yeah, and I don't think that they understand what they're doing to the rest of society and what diseases can get back out there. So the other thing is, and it is those diseases that get back out there, so like smallpox, chickenpox. When I was a kid, I had chickenpox. Sarah, you had chickenpox? Mm -hmm. Eric, you had to have yep, it? I had, I, I had chickenpox. My kids don't have to have it. Okay, there's a chicken pox vaccine that they both got. They will never get it. They won't have to worry about getting shingles when they're older as well uh, for that leftover chicken pox vaccine. But these poxes and these viruses, they're called zoonotic. Okay, and if you've never seen that word, Z-O-O-N-O-T-I-C. Zoonotic diseases are transmitted from animals to humans. Now, there's some ways to do it that really can't be avoided. So say like a mosquito bites an infected chicken and then flies over to you and bites you, okay, you can get a zoonotic disease or you get a tick in the woods. Very popular in Wisconsin. You go hiking and you got to check for ticks then afterwards on you and your dog. <laughs> yeah, it happens quite a bit. You can get Lyme disease that way is, is zoonotic. So the CDC... Uh, it says actually about 70% of all viruses are zoonotic. And almost every new virus that comes out now that is affecting humans, almost 100% are zoonotic viruses, bacteria, stuff like that. Now, no one ever talks about this when they're talking about coronavirus, which, by the way, is zoonotic. Okay, so are things like the flu. Uh, again, we talked about all the poxes that are out there. Plague, um, you know, is actually zoonotic. All right, so zoonotic diseases, 
can be almost completely avoided. So the, the biggest transmission of zoonotic disease happens when we eat animal products or drink animal products. So it's caused by stuff like even drinking milk. You can get a zoonotic disease by drinking milk. If it's not 100% pasteurized or you know problems like that, people that drink raw milk, stuff like that, or if the pasteurization process wasn't 100%, you can have a zoonotic disease because as we've talked about on this show, there's a lot of pus and blood and stuff like that that is passed through dairy products. So why, and I'm wondering why, this is never discussed. It's always a question that I think we have for guests, too, is how come they don't talk about this in schools? Why aren't they talking about the fact that if you were to get rid of animal products and not eat animal products and not drink because animal products? Because we have idiots would, who think the world is flat and evolution is not do. real, so we, we sure as hell cannot go into zoonotic disease. We can right, eradicate like. zoonotic disease, and it, it it drives me freaking nuts to the point that, okay, we know about this. Like, you know, okay, how to avoid something. It's like, you know, seeing a huge pothole in the road. And knowing that if you go around that pothole, your car's not going to get any tire, wheel damage, anything like that. You know you can easily avoid it. Just like I can easily avoid almost every zoonotic disease by just not eating or drinking animal products. You know how to do these things. I know that if I don't stick my hand in an open flame, I'm not going to get burnt. However, I do know that if I do touch that flame, there's a really good chance that I'm going to get burnt. And I don't understand why people can't make that same leap to say, hey, I know that if I avoid animal products, I won't get this zoonotic disease, or there's a really good chance I won't. And if I do eat animal products and consume them, there's a really good chance I do get a zoonotic disease. In fact, one out of six people gets one every year from just dealing with animal products. Rich or Sarah, have either of you eaten raw cookie dough? Yes. No. No. And I've done it more recently. I'll admit I've done it more recently probably than the two of you because I have kids. My kids are older, but they'll, you know, we do the chocolate chip cookies. Yes, there's an egg in there. And yes, it's raw or two. Did Uh, you get sick? I let let them do it and I'll go, ooh, that tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. If, if, have Sorry. you ever been sick? That, no, no. Okay. Maybe. So that's it. That's it, though. Because people think, I have never gotten sick. This never happened to me. Right. I'm going to continue eating this, you know, this dairy food. And it's the same thing as, like, probably why people will smoke. It's like, you know, I'm addicted to it or whatever, but you know, now. Stop? Yeah. I have. I don't have lung cancer. I don't feel bad, but it eventually will catch up with you. So, so it's cognitive dissonance. That's basically what it is, right? Yep. I mean, you you know that it's bad, and you're going to do it anyways. Is basically what it is well, because I don't know because there's the some the, kind the, of pleasure involved, right? Isn't that? I mean, I mean, I think on different levels, smoking is one thing. Um, taking your finger and having a lick from the inside of the bowl, there's less of a risk of major issues. I sure long term yeah, big issues, but then again, in the, in the immediate future, you could unless you get, get polio. Sick. Yeah, unless yes. all of a sudden. <laughs> Because someone's not vaccinating, but you their, know their now children. they make they make it. cookie dough. They make edible cookie dough that probably doesn't have all sorts of things in it, but is edible. In in other words, no raw. 
they do, egg yeah, or yeah. other things. I have Dairy seen products. that. They even have, by the way, a vegan version of it. One of the cool things that I love about vegan cooking is I don't have to worry about cross-contamination uh, of anything. So it's not like I'm hmm. cutting raw chicken and then got to worry about cutting vegetables or something like that. Dude. It just doesn't <laughs> exist. There's no cross-contamination. How many rules there are for that stuff, too? It's like you can't use like a plastic cutting board because it gets into the grooves. Like all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. And believe me, I, I my background is in the restaurant business, and it can get really gross really fast when you are dealing with raw animal products. All right, uh, it's going to be guest time. We're going to do that, and then we're back with Sarah's news. So stick around. A lot of show still to be had here on the Real Men E Plants podcast. Again, guest time's next. All right, I've got something that I think is pretty cool to tell you about right now, and that is our partnership with Paul's Party. That's right. The Real Men Eat Plants podcast has teamed up with Paul's Party, a charity that funds FUN, and that's F-U-N, all capitalized, for kids with physical disabilities. Now, here's how it works. Just go to our website, realmeneatplants.com, and click on the link for our Paul's Party fundraiser. All through the month of August, we are splitting funds 50-50, with this awesome charity. Your contribution of six bucks will help pay for the costs of our very fine podcast, as well as raise some serious coin for Paul's party. Now, Paul was a great kid who passed away at the age of 15, but his mom wanted to remember him by having a party on the anniversary of his death to help raise money for local charities. Well, they ended up bringing in over $15,000, and with that, a new 501c3 was born. Paul's Party does some amazing events like Paul Palooza, which is Sunday, August the 28th at the beautiful Wisconsin Brewing Company in Verona, Wisconsin. Yeah, there's going to be bands there all day long, great food, and some delicious Wisconsin Brewing Company beer. You got to like that. Now, I would like to present them a big, fat, oversized check with a generous donation courtesy of our podcast subscribers on that day. Again, just go to our podcast page on realmeneatplants.com or click on the link or go even to patreon.com and type Real Men Eat Plants into the search and give today. Thank you so much for your support and a special thanks to Kathy, Paul's mom, for making all of this possible. All right, our guest today is a longtime broadcaster, public address announcer, and podcaster who has had the distinct pleasure of working with me both in the radio business and in the restaurant business. He is currently the host (laughs) of the Inside Wisconsin podcast that he does with John Anderson of ESPN fame. Please welcome to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, Trevor Thomas. All right. What's up, Rich? Good to see you, man. Yeah, that's it. Broadcasts, restaurant, it's been a while. It has been a minute. We have known each other, I think, going back over 20 years, and there's been gaps in our communication, whether we talk or not talk and stuff like that, but we've always kind of sort of kept in touch. And I I remember you from, so we worked at Good Karma Broadcasting back in the day, Mm -hmm. uh, which has grown into a much bigger entity than what it was when we were there. Yeah. So at that point, they had like a few stations in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, and grew when they bought a station in uh, Watertown, Wisconsin. And is that when you came on board? Were you on before that? Uh, that is exactly when I came on board. I was 16 years old. I was a sophomore in high school. My mom knew that I loved broadcasting and wanted to someday either be a news anchor or a DJ. Uh, and said, hey, the, the radio station in Watertown is looking for a part-time announcer. And I literally said to her, 
they will never put a kid on the radio. And she's like, Trev, you don't know unless you try. And so I applied and started working at WTTN and then Beaver Dam's radio station, AM and FM, and that's where WTLX was. Yeah. Uh, and I've never looked back. Well, I tell you, I always thought I was young. My first radio gig was in Elmhurst, Illinois, which is suburban Chicago. I was playing big band and jazz music and then doing a sports talk show at the tender age of 17. But you got me yeah. beat by a whole calendar year, Trevor. So uh, I remember love- I remember yeah. I squeaked my way into a sports broadcast that you were doing. You might remember this at Camp Randall. Yes. Johnson Crick was playing mm-hmm. in something, and I didn't even ask. I just grabbed a headset and made my way in there. Yeah, uh, and that's I guess that's what you have to do. You do. You just got to butt in. And, and the one thing about it is, and I, I'll tell you this, anybody who wants to butt in, anybody that wanted to ever talk with me or be on the show or butt in like that, I was always pretty welcoming to it. Like, come on in, because I feel like I can yeah. basically talk to anybody at any time. And I, I always loved working with you, loved you so much. And when I, I started a restaurant and bought that, I brought you in there, too. And uh, you yeah. were managing for me and, and some fun and crazy times. So, I mean, the, the restaurant business a little bit different though than the radio business isn't it yeah a little bit a little bit more late nights and uh the party scene and all that stuff i got rich you may not know this uh my wife amanda i would not know her if it wasn't for scores wow so you may recall that i was dating one of the waitresses i do recall that Uh, yeah we 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 don't we don't need to go there yeah Uh, but her roommate was amanda and so when uh, I spent as much time at the sorority house at UW-Whitewater that I did, I clearly got to know other people. My girlfriend and I broke up. I stayed really, really good friends with Amanda. Uh, we fell in love, and uh, the rest is history. So if not for wow. scores, I am not married with two little boys living here outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin. That is the second long-term marriage slash long romance that came out of scores as well. So um, I like that. I mean, there's there's actual, like, marriages yeah. and offspring and kids that happened for this restaurant that was open for, like, a year, you know? So it's... Uh, <laughs> It's it's pretty damn cool. So what, what's really cool, I think, is what you're doing now. Um, so if you could yeah. let all of our you know listeners and viewers uh, know about this, because I'm wondering, too, not only are you doing a, a cool podcast, how the hell did you hook up with John Anderson from ESPN? Yeah. Because that's pretty cool. Pretty cool story. So obviously I got bit by the broadcast bug. That's what we say to those that can never quit this microphone thing. I give Bob Betts credit. Bob Betts is the old PA announcer at County Stadium. Okay. Uh, and so when I was a kid, I was going to, to County Stadium and watching Brewer games, and I was always really interested in who had the microphone because I, I learned early on that the person with the mic controls the joy in the room. <laughs> so as I was growing up outside of broadcasting, I got a job of public address announcing for the local Northwoods League team. That's exactly yeah, I'm, following I'm, in your footsteps pretty much thing, in yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> So I announced for the Green Bay Bullfrogs here for seven seasons, and it was when I joined the team full-time to help with promotions and sales and communications and operations that one of the first things I did was I called ESPN, and I wanted to do a John Anderson bobblehead night. John is from Green Bay. Clearly, that would go well. We'll fly him back, raise some money for his charity. Uh, And back then, I literally called the front desk at ESPN. Uh, They answered. I said, Hey, it's Trevor in Green Bay calling for John Anderson. And I don't know who they thought I was, but they sent me right to his desk. Wow. And I wasn't ready for that at all. I thought I was going up the PR chain, um, start the conversation. Maybe we'll eventually get in front of him. His voicemail picks up. I leave a message rambling, no clue what I said. 
Six weeks later, I'm at deer camp. This is in October of 2010. I'm at deer camp at the end of November, and my phone rings. It's Bristol, Connecticut. John Anderson calls me back. We talked for 30 minutes, and the rest is history. We've been buddies ever since. That is so um, cool. And John, yeah, usually there's like a million gatekeepers that you have to go through that are saying that. no for everybody. You know, yeah. no, John can't do it. Oh, his schedule. No, forget about it. And and it's so hard to get to people, so it's really cool yeah. that you were able to connect. And it says something about John, too, that he was able to connect with you, yeah, it doesn't does. it? And we've it, he called me back. We've been friends ever since. We, we stay in contact. Like you, there was times where we didn't talk a whole bunch, but – Whenever I'd call or text, he'd always pick up and answer or call me back or respond. And so I've always had a dream, uh, as you have too, to make a living out of this microphone, out of helping others experience joy. And it was mid-pandemic 2020 when things were squirrely and everybody was so divisive. You couldn't listen to a radio station or turn on a TV or go on social media without, and frankly, you still probably can't, uh, without being divided and fighting and all of this. And I had a dream uh, in that September uh, just to be like, enough. I think I can do this on my own. I've built an entire resume of sales and communications. Actually give John Moser. Remember that name? Yeah, I do. Uh, May he rest in peace. Yeah. I give him all the credit for all of this because it was my senior year of high school. I was working there at the radio stations with you guys. And I said to John, I'm going to to college. What's my major? Uh, Thinking radio, TV, film, right? He said, marketing. And I'm like, what? I wanted to be a radio DJ. And he goes, yeah, but if you don't understand how we make money, you're never going to succeed in this business. And so I, I literally give him the credit because from that moment forward, I've been building a sales resume and communications and marketing and broadcast and so on. So that when I called John in September of 2020, I said, hey, man, I have this dream to, to start my own thing, to do a podcast that brings Wisconsin together. Uh, and only talks about things that bring people joy. No negativity, no debate, no conversation of any of the like. Let's just tell people stories. And John said, Trev, I love it. Let's do it. And I'm like, uh-oh. Wow. Uh, I have no idea how to <laughs> Wasn't do that. expecting that, yeah. Yeah. So we obviously had to get ESPN's permission uh, because John is under contract and on SportsCenter almost every single night. Uh, they gave us the green light. They gave us very few guardrails that we respect and, and make sure that we adhere to. And the rest is history. We launched our first episode April 1st of 2021. And we just today, Rich, launched our 37th episode. We put out a new episode every other week, 100% dedicated to the people, the stories, and the statriotism of America's Dairyland. I love our it. guests have been insane. Statriotism. That's a good word right there. Yeah. I, I kind of dig a that. A zealous... Yeah, zealous patriotism for one's home state. That's what it means. The actual definition. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh-huh. you've had uh, the opportunity. I mean, you started with a bang. Your first ever guest was Barry Alvarez, who, by the way, yeah. was was my boss for a while. I worked for uh, the UW uh, and do public address announcing there. And so uh, he he was signing checks for a while. Then Chris McIntosh, who you've also had on, um, yeah. is now my current boss over there in the athletic department. But but talk about some of these guests because you've had some amazing people pass through your way i mean big name guys uh, that, that you've been able to to snag and then have good conversations with i wondered for years rich why i was building such a, a plethora of a network a- any of the jobs that i had you can probably relate i was never able to tap into the entire network at once i would have to use this piece of my network or that piece of my network it's when we launched inside wisconsin that now my entire network opened up to who do you know how mm-hmm. can we get introduced to this person 
So John and I spent six months behind the scenes creating Inside Wisconsin before we ever stepped in front of a camera or in a studio. Wow. And one thing that we wanted to do was do it consistently and never run out of guests. And so we made a laundry list of people that we wanted to talk to simply to tell their Wisconsin story. Lists and people and places and whether they're from here or spent time here and so on. So we literally have reached out to anybody and everybody and have landed some incredible people because nobody else is doing what we're doing. All we want to do is tell their story. I don't care how many touchdowns Brett Favre threw. I want to tell his story. Um, Barry Alvarez, lots of championships, Rolls Bowls and bowl games and all of this. One of the questions I asked him in episode one was, why didn't you leave? Why did you stay with us? And he said, because he loves Wisconsin. It was one of the best audio bits we've had. And everybody there in between, Rich, I mean, literally everybody we have on, that agrees to come on the show, no matter where they are on the on the charts of celebrity, we make sure it's about them, about their Wisconsin story. And so John's four letters certainly help give us legitimacy, right? Mm-hmm. But within the first year, in those 26 episodes, I probably lined up just as much as John did wow. uh, because of network, of social media, of who do you know? Brian Gutekunst, for example. We were the only show that had the GM of the Packers on during that entire Aaron Rodgers thing. And it happens to be because his son and my son are in the same class in school. Uh, and so I asked his wife if he would come on. His wife connected <laughs> me with Brian's uh, assistant. Wow. Brian's assistant then went to Jason Wallers, who's in charge of all the communications. And he reached out to me. He was like, hey, that's not how we kind of do things here. And I'm like, got it. My bad. I just try to help tell stories. Kind so of funny. That's when, literally it. Yeah, when you talk about the GM of the Green Bay Packers, and I don't know if you know this story. So back in the day, Sean Thompson and I, who was a guest earlier uh, on the show yeah. and now is a contributor on our podcast, um, we pissed off the then Green Bay Packer general manager, Ron Wolf. And I don't know if you've ever Uh-oh. heard of that. So he was on our air and we were talking to him and he said something that kind of triggered something in me, like during the interview. I can't remember what it was, but I had to go back. I pull open the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel from like two days prior because it was in the studio. And I'm going through this article really quick as Sean's talking to Ron Wolf. And I'm like, Dang it, he just contradicted himself. So I go back on there and I said, Ron, hey, I got a quote here from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel from you from a couple days ago that you said this, and it was like in direct contradiction. I wasn't trying to do gotcha journalism. I was just really trying to clarify. He got (laughs) so pissed off at me and the station, he relegated our our team that would go up there to cover the Packers games to the gym at Lambeau Field. And if you know where, where the gym is, it's not where you want to um, be if you're part of the media group. It was the gym and it was the media auditorium. Yeah. I never knew that that's why. <laughs> that's, but I That's why you were there. People. <laughs> I, I was never in the press box. Ever. Yep, that's Anytime why. I got the privilege to have one of those press passes, I would have to sit in the auditorium. I'm like, I don't understand. But it was here my I fault. Am. Yeah, it was totally my oh, fault. I, thanks, I pissed man. him off. Yeah, I know. He got he got all mad. No He's idea. like, yeah. He goes, maybe you shouldn't believe everything that you read. I'm like, I, I don't know what to believe. You said this Jeez. now, like a minute ago, and I'm reading this. Which one is it? He wouldn't give me a straight answer. He was just pissed off. Um, yeah. It's- Those whole media credential thing, that's really relative to our conversation because that is one thing that I never want to do. I don't ever want a credential. I don't want to go and cover the team. I just want to tell their personal stories. That's it. Yeah, I actually, I I hate it. I'm I'm much better in telling stories. And, you know, you have had, I want to go back 
through some of the, these interesting guests that you have on. Because yeah, there's one name that sticks out for me, and that's Dick Leinenkugel. Okay, so yeah. it's way back, I think, on your second episode that you have Dick yeah. on. And for anybody who's ever had Leinenkugel beer, or maybe you've never had, I remember way back in the day, and this is when I was in the Army in Oklahoma, I would bring it back because nobody in the Army had heard about Leinies at that time. <laughs> it wasn't a national thing. You got a Leinenkugel's ore behind you that looks like it was signed by Dick Leinenkugel. I mean, what, it was. What, what an amazing guest to have on. Talk about uh, about Dick for a little bit, if you could, because I'm sure everybody at some point said Line and Kugel beer or Liney Summer Shandy seems to be a really popular one. If you could talk about Dick a little bit. Dick Line and Kugel, nobody knows this, was actually episode one. He was the first episode so, that we ever recorded, but we knew that we were going to have Barry on. Okay. So we recorded with Dick Line and Kugel. And then recorded with Barry Alvarez, launched very first, and then Dick Line and Kugel is episode number two. That was John and I's commitment to making sure that it wasn't all about sports. We've had Dick Line and Kugel. We've had Craig Culver of the Culver's franchise. We're going to have Dan Aarons on of the Aaron Snowblower and Gravely Lawnmower world. Dick Line and Kugel, though, was a dream of mine because I love the Northwoods. Uh, I love everything about the Line and Kugel yeah. story. I actually spent some time working for a distributor as I was building a sales resume, and I was the Liney's guy. I absolutely loved all of the beers that they put out. Nice. Um, uh, so big having butt. him Big on, Butt was my favorite, by the way. I miss Big Butt Doppelbach, right? Yeah. Big Butt oh, Doppelbach. Yeah. Um, so when we had Dick on, I had, I had reached out to a, a great friend of mine that still works in that, that world, uh, let him know that I was interested in having him on, and then I actually connected with Dick on social media. Uh, I just reached out to him on there. It's amazing how many people respond when you're doing what we're doing. And uh, he agreed to come on. Uh, we had him on. We told all sorts of different stories from not only the brewery days, but he's a Marquette grad. He was at college and in college when they won the national championship. And he told us celebration stories. And um, it, I, I was just really grateful for that opportunity. He just retired. I thought about reaching back out to him to see if we could get uh, the new president mr brewer i believe is his name wow uh, that, he's isn't actually that the, uh uh serendipitous right tony that's a tony <laughs> something like that yeah, it's yeah, just to, the B for sure to, to, be, to be the wrong. president of a brewery and your last name is brewer that's that's pretty lucky yeah. brower brewer yeah something close something. to that but okay. yeah i mean there's 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 a liney's bottle right here it's a summer shandy bottle right love it yep. miller lights one of our our presenting sponsors on the podcast um and we're grateful for just all of those people but yeah it, Lining Kugels is a great Wisconsin story, uh, and that's what we're all about. And so Dick Lining Kugel was guest number one, but episode number two. Okay. And, you know, you had a, and, and this is a go maybe a little bit off topic and off of the pod a little bit, but you had a pretty public battle, I guess, with COVID-19. And so yeah. um, actually, if, if anybody goes ahead and Googles your name and wants to find out more, it's something that pops up. There's actual articles yeah. about it. If you could talk about your public battle with COVID-19 and how that all came about? So uh, I was a firm believer in loving your neighbor as yourself with the whole COVID thing. Uh, I obviously didn't agree with everything that was coming out because nobody could agree with literally everything that was coming out. But I thought if we could do what was in our neighbor's best interests and have a little bit of personal sacrifice, then that's a story worth telling. And so I was vaccinated. Uh, that's a choice that my family and I made. Uh, we were we, we had had both rounds of the vaccination. Uh, it wasn't this summer, but it was last summer. I was out and about and uh, contracted COVID. And when my doctor called me, 
he said, I cannot believe this. You're one of the first in my clinic to have what they called at that point a breakthrough case. And so it was a relative story that myself and my family had been vaccinated and still contracted COVID. Um, and I guess the the biggest part of the story was I got pretty sick and I, I wasn't in the hospital, but I remember one day I was really struggling to breathe. I had a brick on my chest uh, and I was my wife wasn't doing well at all. Massive headaches and body aches and cough and couldn't catch her breath. Hmm. But my mom, Rich, my mom has MS. Okay. And so we hadn't seen her in over a year because we were terrified of getting her sick. Uh, everything that we heard were like people with pre-existing conditions and so on. And so my mom finally feels comfortable. Everybody's vaccinated. She comes up to visit us and I bring it home and she gets it. Oh, geez. And so the public part of that was simply sharing all about story, right? We were sharing our personal story of saying, hey, I would really personally hate to see what this would have done to myself and my family had we not been vaccinated. That was our belief. And there was people that caught wind of that and simply wanted to share that side of our story. Love it. Yeah. And love that they shared that. And uh, actually, I mean, your mom used to come into scores. So uh, yeah. she, she's doing all right. Uh, brother doing okay, yeah. too, as long as we're catching yeah. up here. Yeah. 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 Mom's good. good. Uh, yeah. Brady, my brother's good. He actually just got the athletic director position at my alma mater at Johnson Creek High School. Get out of here. Uh, good for so, him. Yeah. What a wild, what that small world, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Scores. I mean, Jefferson's my hometown. Yep. I moved to Johnson Creek when I was 12, but I grew up in Jefferson, went to school in Jefferson and spent a lot of time at my grandparents' place in Johnson Creek. But yeah, that's that's home. So when scores landed at uh, the spot that it did down on the river, I mean, it was, man, that was, I was young. We yep. all have things that we wish we could go back and fix. But, right. Yep. Um, yep. Me too. Uh, especially with, with that place. And, and I tell you what, though, it's kind of funny. So the guy that's in there now is running a winery out of there and, yeah. and a distillery. And I asked him because I know him. His, his name is Rob Lewis. And I said, have you met the ghost yet? And he knew exactly what I was talking about. That place was friggin' haunted. Did you ever have to meet the ghost? Because that ghost used to scare the friggin' bejesus out of me. You actually saw it? Uh, I didn't see it. I hear it all the time. And it was, yeah, walking the steps. And it would walk the steps. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I came to find out that building is so old. I mean, it goes back to like the Mm -hmm. 1880s. And it's on the river, on the Rock River in Jefferson. But anyways, way up, they they used to run like a livery stable there. And they would shoe horses there. And some kid, I think his name was Mark. I can't remember the last name. He was like 12 or 13 years old. And he hung himself in a closet in the level that's right above the main bar and so we kind of believe that that's the ghost but whenever i bring up the ghost everybody knows exactly what the heck i'm talking about because everybody has had to deal with that in that building it's scary if you if you ever saw the bar in shambles the next morning after a night i was supposed to close (laughs) it's because i was alone i heard those footsteps and i got the hell out of there absolutely i don't blame you done yeah you know at the time i thought you were just up yeah, I thought you were just being lazy back at the time or something like that, but no, no, no. Yeah, it was. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it, it might have been the ghost. So, so you know, I'm sure you stay really involved with covering Wisconsin sports and doing all that. Now, when I look at 
the Brewers, who are definite contenders yeah. this year, even though they've, they've fallen off a little bit lately. Uh, they got themselves a very nice squad. You take a look at the Bucks, who recently won a world championship and are definitely in the mix again. And as long as they have Giannis, I think they stay in that mix. Then you look at the Packers, and they got Aaron Rodgers, and they got a really good defense and an excellent coach, and they're Super Bowl contenders. Has there ever yeah. been a better time to be a pro sports fan in, in the state of Wisconsin? Because if there is, I can't remember it. And UW even from a college standpoint. Absolutely. So yeah. John and I talk about this a lot on Inside Wisconsin. I was born in 1983. So this idea of the, the championships and the World Series for the Brewers in 82, the Bucks 50 years ago won a championship, clearly all the championships and the Super Bowls for the Packers, um, that's completely lost on me because I didn't follow sports uh, or go back and read about them as much as I do today. So when the Brewers made it to the playoffs in 08, that was a huge deal. That was the first time in my lifetime that they'd been back to the playoffs. Uh, and the idea of the Bucks winning a championship, and obviously the Packers came on board when Favre took them to the, the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. It has been a fascinating, I guess, career, if you will, in my lifetime to look at Wisconsin sports and go, wow, we got it pretty good. And then my dad and anybody his age would be like, you have no idea how good you have it. Right. This was awful for a long time. Long time. So, yeah, you, you probably fan, don't remember a time, do you, when the Packers were bad? I mean, just straight I, bad. I rem- My first quarterback was mm-hmm. Don Mikowski. So okay. I do not remember the straight bad because right. if I was born in 83 and Mikowski got hurt in 90, what, two or three? Yeah, I was 92, 10. yeah. So, not really, no. Yeah. I mean, Robin Yount still played for the Brewers when I was a kid. They weren't. There was a time, I do remember, Rich, when the Brewers were out of the playoffs when the Packers camp started. I remember Dan Needle sharing that on WISN when I was living back down in southeast Wisconsin. Uh, So there was a time when things weren't great. But even my younger high school days, Ray Allen, the big dog, Sam Cassell, like Eastern Conference Finals, that was so, yeah, no, it's been a good run for sure. Absolutely. And, and by the way, you, you mentioned the Brewers. You know when they were really bad is when Sal Bando was the general manager. By the way, that was another GM that I managed to piss off. Uh, and it was... <laughs> It was it was Jeez, the man. third day that I was on the air, and all I did was I was asking him questions about the Brewers. That was it. And then he goes, well, I thought that this conversation was going to be about the World Series. I had not even booked the the interview, so I guess the producer told him it was going to be about the World Series. I'm like, um, well, we're going to get to that, but I figured you could probably, you know, ask, you know, answer a few questions about the Brewers. He got pissed off enough he hung up the phone. That was the end oh my of that one. It, wow. was, it was the third day that I was on the air and that first week was just a trial period for me to see if I was going to stick around or not. I thought for sure I was getting fired. In fact, the owner of the station, Craig Carmazin, comes in all right, Mm -hmm. and opens up the door as soon as we went to commercial break, right after Sal Bando hung up, and I thought, that's it. I'm off the air. Now I'm going to get fired. He looks at me and he goes, Rich, that was great radio. You didn't back down at all. He goes, guess what? You're hired. I'm like, all right. (laughs) All right. And Man, all, all I had to do, all I had to do, was piss off a, a general manager. I, <laughs> I did not mean to. I was just asking questions about the Brewers. That's all I was doing. It didn't seem like a bad idea with the Brewers general managers on with you, right? I mean, you know, when Brian Gutekunst decided that he was going to come on and and do me essentially a personal favor, uh, I was very worried that we were going to get stuck in Aaron Rodgers drama land. Yeah, because that was literally in the middle of it. There's a lot of last that. season, and I talked to John. I'm like, John. I, I don't know how else to say this, but I know we can't ignore it. 
but we probably can't go right at it. Let's talk more about him going to lacrosse and being with the Packers organization for as long as he had. We had him for just over 20 minutes, and it was fantastic. And to my knowledge, I don't think we pissed him off. But Beautiful. Uh, nice job. Yeah. You <laughs> made quite the run. I did, you know, yeah. and, and it's kind of funny. You know, six years ago, I was bashing Aaron Rodgers for not doing dairy anymore. He had decided to give up dairy, mm-hmm. and in, in the cheese state, you know, behind the cheddar curtain, and with all your fans really into cheese and dairy, you know, that seemed like a strange thing to do. Here I am six years later praising that decision because he was doing the right thing for himself. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Many plants. <laughs> exactly. That's so you just said with. something really random. Yes. Uh, this is a crazy story. You just said behind the cheddar curtain yes when i was calling GoDaddy and working on buying domains i actually called and talked to a rep i got convinced by their rep to buy the domain behind the cheddar curtain.com perfect you didn't do I it no i bought it you I did it. i you have no it. use for it i own wow. it <laughs> behind the cheddar curtain.com for no reason we might have to purchase that from you because that's where You're we broadcast to. from we do a a plant-based kind of show with with a sports spin and all of that kind of stuff and we do it behind the cheddar curtain that's what we talk about that's awesome. so oh, that's un- unbelievable i didn't even know anybody else even said that you know let alone let alone bought a domain for it so okay let, let let's go back to inside wisconsin trevor how do people yeah. find you where do they get you on social media all of that kind of stuff uh, how do they get connected we're a, a video podcast, right? YouTube.com slash Inside Wisconsin. You can find all of our social channels on our website, InsideWisconsin.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're at Inside Wisco Show. Uh, YouTube, like I mentioned, and anywhere that you can hear a podcast, anywhere that you catch podcasts on any of the audio podcast platforms, you'll be able to listen to Inside Wisconsin. It's uh, It's been a dream come true, Rich. I'm really grateful that you asked me to come on. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. And if you ever want to ditch meat and dairy, I know the guy you could talk to and where you can do a 30-day challenge as well. So, Trevor, hey, man, thanks again for coming on and continued success with the podcast. It's really good stuff. Thanks, man. Good to catch up. All right, time to tell you about VegReg. Yeah, VegReg.com helps you find plant-based restaurants and businesses in just one click and if you are a vegan friendly business they can help you get found if you're searching for healthy cruelty free meal options in your local area veg reg is the perfect solution another great thing about veg reg they have recipes and when i say recipes i mean real recipes a bacon lovers blt cookie dough protein bites penne arrabbiata now that's the entree and not the character from the sopranos and even a vanilla bean that's vanilla bean he said cheesecake and they are all plant-based you can also find spotlight vegan businesses and more when you click on over to vegreg.com i would say tell them that rich sent you but you know it's a website and no one would hear you that's vegreg.com welcome to Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. 
veggie stew just for you. Sit on down, there's these or two. Yes, that is the popular refrain that means once again, it is time for Sarah Carlson's news. Sarah, take it away. Well, believe it or not, this one is Taco Bell. I love it because I made tacos with uh, impossible meat last night. So, as always, Veg News, one of my greatest sources, has revealed the chain will serve its own vegan beef. Now, this has been going around for a while, but 550 locations in the South, they're headed. Customers can order a meatless version of Nacho's Bel Grande, along with tacos and burritos. So, that's starting today. This is 50 locations in Birmingham, Alabama. One of the things that I wish, though, yeah, that they would do, because I, I love the direction that they're going in, and it's very nice, but what they'll do is they'll do a nachos bel grande, it's meatless, but then they cover it with cheese. And so yeah, it's still it's got vegan. dairy on it. You know, it's I mean, not it's probably vegan. not real cheese, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> By the way, oh, okay. I, I've been say. in the restaurant business a long time. The, the, the thing about that cheese, the stuff that's called nacho cheese, you don't want to know the list of crap that is in there. Now there is Dude, there is dairy it's so in there. So very fake yellow. So oh, yeah. I just my goodness. Yeah, you have to assume how processed things are. So we're talking there's about plastic now, in there. So there's there's a certain it looks amount like of plastic. melted plastic so that that kind of yeah. gives it that texture. It's because there's melted plastic in there. I mean it, it the stuff is is absolutely toxic. It's disgusting. Okay, well, I was trying to get excited uh, about trying this. <laughs> this hey, they're going I in the right direction. I still eat cheese right now. Give me, give me a little bit of a break, but this is interesting. So Taco Bell launched this crispy melt taco, I'm sure, with this plastic <laughs> with, in it. Yeah. <laughs> no no extra cost, though. So that made customers happy. Oh, that's cool. And kind of pushes them to try it. Why not? So this is just going to be for the fall. Why Birmingham, you ask? Well, Guess. Guess where they tried it first? In California. Cal- of course. Of course. They <laughs> and didn't. it took mm-hmm. off. People, More people went and tried their vegan beef. But they're a little they're bit more it. open-minded it's already, about that It's stuff. already plant-based since it's cardboard. Yeah, there you, there you go. go. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> actually they're, they're open-minded to like meatless stuff in California. Birmingham is a totally different beast. So I kind of well, like I, that then, they're trying it there. And in between that, they did... 95 Detroit, Michigan area locations last fall. So they went hmm. California, Detroit, and, and Alabama. Random, but I'm sure for some reason, because they've got the dough to figure out where to try these things. Right. Um, the writers at huh. Veg News did have the opportunity to try it, and they gave it the thumbs up, saying, this tastes, okay. you know, this tastes good. Good is relative. I remember being in high school and at lunchtime, it was cool to go to Taco Bell, like when we were allowed to go out. And I, at the time, ate no meat. So I ordered, there was a, was it a bean burrito? I think that's what they called it. And the bean burrito had no meat and no one knew it. So I could just mow one down and 
There you go. Uh And and nobody would give you any crap. You know, it's kind of funny. Back when I was eating a lot of meat and dairy before my vegan days, um, I actually had an interview with Taco Bell to be a district manager and run like six Taco Bells. And the interview was going really well. We're about an hour into the interview, and the regional director that's giving the interview actually tells me, she goes, yeah, we just want people that are going to be excited about eating our products, you know, to be part of our team. And I think I made a face. I've never been a fan of Taco Bell. So like even before when I'm I would eat a lot of meat, money. Yeah. And, and I made a face like, and, and then I, I tried to cover it up by like, oh yeah, you know, like definitely you know, that's, you know, I like the cantina bowl stuff that you do, I think is what my exact words were, but I think she oh, saw yeah. my initial reaction of making that face. That was it. The interview was soured from there. It was about three minutes later and I knew that I had basically just blew it. How many bathroom breaks do you think they get as an <laughs> oh dear god you know what it wasn't meant to be rich not for you no, I can no. tell you though a lot of companies any news is good is good news so the fact that we're talking about taco bell and using their name what seven times now at least doesn't matter if you talk about what you how much you it, like it, it, it is yeah i mean it, and there is some good Sorry, news that it is fruit. no but i'm telling you you're right eric because seriously i would eat a taco bell like once a year my friends would drag me in, whatever it was, after a night of drinking or something. And I would realize after that one time a year that I would eat a Taco Bell, why I don't eat a Taco Bell. Um, because <laughs> the next day, I mean, nothing's good that's coming out of there. Uh, it was all bad. And so, anyways, uh, at least maybe Taco Bell's spinning this in the right direction. If, if for nothing else, if it gets people to try a meatless product, even if there's cheese yes. involved, and makes them say, hey, this is pretty good, maybe they can spin themselves in a different direction. So that's where the good news is. So, okay. It'd be cool if you made it like a dollar cheaper so that young kids would go in and say, oh, I'll just do that one and see, you know, who mm-hmm. cares? And yep. Make fun of each other and taste it and go, huh, you know, for a dollar less. Anyway, we'll move on. This is happy news. Okay. And it's actually breaking news and good for Girl Scouts. It's about their mm. cookies. Yeah. You guys like Girl Scout cookies? Absolutely. Are they okay, increasing so the box know, size? A lot of, yeah. I mean, they're, and I was a Girl Scout for many years. And I guess I didn't know this, but they have a lot of vegan cookies. They and do oh, indeed. Oh, I knew mm-hmm. that. That's the one, those are the ones that I buy. There you go. So there's a new one coming out called raspberry rally and it's they're they're saying that it's joining thin mints for the next season so 2023 and joining thin mints because it's similar so it's the sister cookie to our thin mint which i could eat way too many of so keep them away from me (laughs) um the raspberry rally is infused with a raspberry flavor instead of mint and then it's wrapped in that chocolate chocolate coating but i didn't know it was vegan yeah isn't that cool so it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thin mints are, and I tell you what, I, I can eat a whole you know box at a time. And yeah. I always feel compelled. Or, or, do, do you feel this way? Whatever Girl Scout knocks on your door, rings the bell, and is selling Girl Scout cookies, like you you have to buy something, right? I mean, right. just yeah. But if you just bought ten mm. boxes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not the same as like you know you go to the self checkout at the grocery store or whatever, and like it goes, hey, do you want to donate to this cause or whatever? And it's like, no, I would not like to help children. Right. <laughs> you can press that button, but when they're in your face, like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, they are. When they come when they come to the door. I try to order a box because they're I'm taking the initiative. At there least. will be more. Exactly. And you know, there's gonna be like five enough, more. I, yeah. yeah, and if I don't get enough, I know where to buy them because. 
they actually sometimes go to the grocery store now too mm-hmm. and put up a little mm-hmm. table and they're much sweeter than again, pressing a button. I never trust pressing the button when it says, do you want to round up or do you want well, to yeah, add their $2? Tax purposes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like you that one. Yeah. So also this is kind of cool. The raspberry rally it's being called. I like the name. This cookie will be the first available exclusively online. So mm. this is like making you want to try it even more. So if but you're it anti-social. is part of the initiative. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They're doing this to help the Girl Scouts with their e-commerce. So obviously there's this old-fashioned door-to-door sales. Sure. But who knows? Well, see, because you know, you know, here's the thing. I thought it was something that kind of taught the girls something about going out there and selling and meeting people and spreading the word right. and kind of hard work and all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I thought there was a lesson involved in that. Don't they get like a badge? for it too yes. right it's so it's so you get different size badges or different number of them it's been too many years i don't know how it is now based on how many cookies you sell i don't understand so. the e-commerce thing then i mean i'm i'm well, not, not going to do it if the girls come to the door i'm buying but i'm not going online and buying the cookies well if they say while they're at the door we're also trying to uh, understand how to sell online. I think that's kind of the gig, right? Okay. All right. If there's so much of that. They have to be able to, to understand how to find it on, on their page, perhaps, and click on it and understand how many of that type of cookie they'll have to order. I'm just, I'm making that up, but I guess it would be true, right? Yeah, I guess anyway, so. Anyway, you can wait because the Girl Scout cookie season is usually between January and April when we're all freezing and gaining weight and starving. Yes. And then they have, by the way, brownies. Were you, were you ever in uh, Girl Scouts, Sarah? Yeah. It okay. goes from brownies to Girl Scouts. Brownies to, to Girl brownie. Scouts. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so brownies yeah. are like what age? How do you start off as a brownie? I think you might start at, at, at five, year, five years old, six it's years old in young. school. Okay. Yeah. And then you cross the bridge to being a Girl Scout. Um, and that they call it that, but many Girl Scout troops will actually put a bridge somewhere where the girls get to walk from one side to the next. Oh, cool. And from the brown uniform to the green uniform. And I think, gosh, it might be fourth grade. You know, it's a little bit later. And then at what point do they graduate to wearing like the plaid skirt girls, you know, like schoolgirl outfit? Is there a... (laughs) I don't know because I, I I got too busy with my other stuff. Eric's giving because me the, a look like. <laughs> sadly, yeah, you know, Rich had I'm, I'm to ask the question. Like I yeah. didn't hear that, and just tell you that I think too many Girl Scouts stop before like the middle school teenage years. So okay. I, I, it, that might be when that happens. I'm proposing like a college age at, chapter of it. You know, with yeah. you're thinking of a restaurant with plaid skirts. Is you're that like, what it is? <laughs> <laughs> the tilted kilt or something like that. They used to have those. Are they, are they think, still yeah. a thing? All right. So, like, to, when was the last time anybody's been to a Hooters? Has anyone been to a Hooters lately? I was in high school. Yeah, it, I, I can't remember the last time I've ever been at one. They don't have very good food, but I had actually. Uh, so here's another interview that I had to like run a Hooters restaurant as a general manager, and this and they is asked what if I, you had big tits. No, they actually, <laughs> <laughs> they actually tell you. Okay, are you comfortable with telling girls that they don't look good today, or they need to go fix their hair or change their makeup? No. Yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm not wow. comfortable with that. And they're like, you can't work here. So. So 
you have to be comfortable with telling the girls when they come in, like, yeah, you look like crap today. You got to go fix yourself up or something hey, uh, like that. Do you want to be a creep every day? I know. I mean, I, I'm not going to check all these girls out who are working for me and then say, yeah, you know, your, your shorts are too long or your shirt's not low cut enough or, you know, your your hair looks like crap today or uh, what? I'm like, I'm I'm not doing this. It would not the gig for me. It just seemed way too creepy. But the thing is, I mean, they, I, I can't remember the last time anybody was in one. They used to have a lot more of these types of restaurants. Tilted Kilt was one. Um, another one was Twin Peaks. You know, there's the double entendre there. Um, and at Twin Peaks, it used to be really bad because if you went there, they would ask you if you ordered a beer. They're like, well, do you want the girly size or the man size one? And it's like, well, wow. what are you supposed to say? You know, as a as a real man. That's how they sized them, huh? Yeah, there was the it's, girly. It's pretty insulting, too. Yeah, I think it's insulting you know? to girls. You know, girls can yeah. drink big the beers. Whole, that whole sort of. Uh, restaurant style, let's but, just say, was yeah. insulting. I actually saw the book, though. Like, they would teach the girls, like, you're supposed to make some kind of physical contact with the guys that are there as well. So laugh at a joke. Make sure you touch their arm or shoulder or something like that. This is how you increase sales and increase tips. And I'm like, Why? I mean, it, yes, that's that's true. It is like it's, it does work. It's gross and uneasy to hear the things that they tell you are rules of the places, but I mean, yeah, because it gets the conversation started at that table. Hey, I think she likes now, you. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> you always think they like you. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I was a waitress and just at a regular restaurant, none of those. And I would never be making physical contact, but there's something to be said about engaging, right? Yeah. So everything but the. You they know, are just the funniest customer and... you've ever met. And. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just their like, jokes. A, yeah. Flirty waitresses, a little conversation at some point. Yeah, flirty waitresses make bank. I mean, they they really do. And I, as a manager, used to always try to get them to make bank because then they would stay at your restaurant. So if a table of guys went in, even if it was out of rotation, so there'd be like a rotation. Like this server gets the next table, this server gets the next table. Mm -hmm. But if four guys are walking in for lunch, they don't want usually a dude server. They want a nice, cute girl to go over there and be their server. And I would send a nice, cute girl over to be their server. And when women would come in for lunch, I would would send a cute guy over to be their server because they were usually nicer to the male server than they were to the female server. A lot of times mm. you would see it if women got female servers, especially like cute, funny, upbeat female servers, they would run them wild. Oh, I Whoa, need this. I, I need love that. them. Yeah. Do what you see? When it was a couple. What about if it was a couple? Yeah, that that, that can go either way. Yeah, 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 whichever. Way. Yeah, whoever's. But up when next. I'm with my girlfriends, I love getting a nice cute upbeat girl server really yeah See? i was my, i was out with my two best friends you for want to relate last week to and that's exactly what she what she was yeah. and we loved her we even said it when she wasn't there oh my gosh she's great see maybe that's because you're cute and upbeat there are a lot of women that don't think like that oh. sarah that's they the, don't that's want someone to one that's nice them. of you but yeah. it's true i mean i don't know maybe times are changing maybe? i hope so yeah I hope so. Anyways, all right. Um, did we have another story? Can we I do have more? another all quick right. story. This one won't take me long. So yeah, yeah. it's from thebeat.com. It's great. Now, you have to check out their website because there's a lot there. You can read about celebrities and athletes in particular um, who are vegan. Venus Williams, though, just raised 
$2 million from other vegan athletes for her plant-based company. She's starting a company called Happy Viking. You know what's um, so funny? I just threw away. So my, my, my son's a bit of a pig, all right? And before he went to work out this morning, so he had a Happy Viking plant protein-based drink. It was like vanilla bean. There's 20 grams of yeah. protein in there. And oh, that's so funny. He so- stuck the cardboard, like the empty container, on the bathroom sink. That's where he ends up leaving it. I go in there to, like, brush my teeth. I'm like, what the F is this? You know, so I got to throw it away. And on the side of the container, it says, created by Venus Williams. And then there's, like, something yeah. that you can scan, and it'll take you to the whole story about Venus Williams and Happy Viking. And it's fascinating. So the Happy Viking, it sells superfood protein powders for smoothies baked goods as well and then these protein shakes so these all-star investors she got 20 different athletes to go in on it with her damn and including her sister serena so the goal of course that the athletes will get involved and actually use it interestingly venus went vegan in 2011 after she was diagnosed with Sjogren's syndrome i believe i'm saying that correctly Hmm. so it's an autoimmune disease actually and she always said and this was in many many articles, this diet changed her completely. She was in a lot of pain and having a lot of fatigue. Becoming a vegan made a difference. Although she says she won't call herself a vegan, she calls herself a chigan, in other words, (laughs) cheating (laughs) occasionally, (laughs) because she isn't always perfect, but doing really well. Um, I won't name all of the other people who got involved, but we know their names, the, the star athlete vegans that are making a difference. So happy vegan. Happy vegan, happy Viking. I'm sorry, happy Viking. Yeah, that's okay. Happy vegan, happy Viking. Absolutely. So good stuff right there. And like I said, I I just ran into that thing this morning and found out a little bit about happy Viking. That was like a hint. Dad, can you buy me some more of this? Yeah. Wow. The the universe, though, is a strange place, man. You never have, I've never heard of happy Viking until this morning. Now all of a sudden I knew about (laughs) it. And then there's a news story about it. Weird how all of that stuff works. Sarah, great job. As always, again, check us out, realmeneplants.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast today so that you never ever miss an episode we've been putting them out at like strange times that's all on me and the editing and how that works and all that and i apologize for that i want to try to get it out for people for their like evening commute so that they can listen in their cars on the way back from work but it doesn't always work that way again i am trying my best um to get that done but again like and subscribe today and support the podcast as well at realmeneplants.com or wherever you get your podcast great show guys Thank you so much. Good job. We'll do it all again tomorrow. See ya.